Okay, I just started recording. You see me? <laughs> <laughs> just uh, Stonecutters podcast. Uh, I'm on the uh, FaceTime with Will, and Will's looking at me, and I'm looking at him. Right. <laughs> Happy birthday, bruh. Hi. Hi, Mrs. Will Catlett. I'll, you're, I'll leave your name. What did you say? He said, hi, Mrs. Will Catlett. <laughs> <laughs> So, so Will, let's talk for a minute. It was your birthday yesterday. Uh huh. How are you feeling? I'm feeling great, man. You know, I turned 36, and um, it's, six, I'm feeling six, good. Six, 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 yeah, six. I'm four, four years from 40. You know, <laughs> I'm feeling lovely. You know what I mean? I feel like you know. I look at it like this: Jordan went back to back with 35. 36 and 37 yeah yeah that sounds about right i think i'm gonna go ahead and do the same thing (laughs) (laughs) so um we just gonna we just gonna run with it like uh what's on your mind right now what you thinking about you know what's been crazy bro um lately i've been exploring the idea of what is friendship because i came back home and I had a couple of conversations with some childhood friends that I really shocked me in a way of, yo, I don't know if we're as close as we once were. You're on different, and I'm different like, wavelengths. Different wavelengths. And it's like, you know, um, I'm almost like, how, how, how did you get to this point of thinking that? You know what I mean? Where I'm not in that place to, to think that we're not close. So it had me exploring the idea of like, what is friendship? You know, do people have a different perspective of friendship? You know, do they look at friendship as talking to each other every day? Um, You know, how does friendship evolve? So that was kind of like where my mind has been at. What have you been thinking about your friends that, I mean, how long has it been since you've seen them? Or hung out with them? Um... one of my friends has been almost a year since the, since I was since when I got married. Okay, so mm-hmm. so you come back and you see him, and just the conversations are different, or are they just not like wh- where you're trying to go. They're they're not there yet, or they're just on no, a different track. no. It's not, it's not even it's not even that. It's just that you know it's like you know things have have changed, but I haven't changed in the way of our friendship hasn't changed. You know what I'm saying? Okay. So it's like you, me and you, right? We're friends. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't, we, we, we talk often now. You know what I mean? <laughs> we talk a lot. But if I don't talk to you for like a year, there's no distance in me deciding that I love you and that you're my friend. Okay. But other folks, you, you take that it's, break. It's different. You know what I'm saying? And it could be a, a bunch of different circumstances. You know what I mean? That I don't want to share. Got about it. my friend, you know what I'm saying? All good. But, you know what I mean? But at, at the same time, it's like, it just had me thinking about it. And I was like, yo, we must, you know, I think as we get older, that that sometimes we kind of get lost in what is a real friend, you know? And it's not talking to someone every day. What's it, What's your definition you know? of a real friend? My My definition, if you're my friend, and I decide that you're my friend and you're my friend. 
it's not depending on your reciprocation of our friendship. I've already decided that you're my friend and that I love you and I'm going to be there for you. Now, anything that you sow into is going to allow it to mature and to, how can I say this? What am I trying to say? What I'm trying to say is that if I pour into Aaron and Aaron pours into me, then there is going to be a tighter bond. You know what I'm saying? Because we're constantly in communication. But the way that I feel about Aaron is not going to change if I'm not talking to Aaron every day. Hence, like a good brother Seneca. Seneca hit me up for my birthday. I don't talk to Seneca all the time. But when I see Seneca, (laughs) yo, Sin, yo, what's up? It's good to see you. Like, I know that he loves me. You know what I'm saying? There's not a change in that. So that's what I'm saying. I guess I'm saying. So so let me just let me let me share something with you. Like (laughs) on our friendship journey. Mm-hmm. There, there's been a couple times where I've, I mean, and I'm a, I'm gonna be honest. Like I thought you were crazy. I, mm-hmm. I, I really thought you were crazy. Like speak to the king. I thought you were crazy. The, the, <laughs> the GQ, the GQ uh, magazine cover. When, when you first had it, I was like, Will's crazy. And, mm-hmm. and, and that was at a, at a weird part in our relationship because we were, we weren't hanging out all the time, but I would just see certain things or I would catch you at this event or at that event and mm-hmm. I would see these things and I didn't know what it was. And then then we would link back up and, and just like we talked about on the podcast, we talked about on one of the Instagram lives is you talked about that GQ magazine cover and why you did it. And right now where I'm at in my life, it makes perfect sense. But me, mm-hmm. me five or six years ago, back in LA, I was just like, man, who is this guy? He's doing a one man show where he's got this and that, and he's doing comedy and he's doing dramatic and he's doing all these different things. And then like all that sort of stuff. And, and in terms of our friendship, like I got kind of butthurt a couple times because we would, we would be trying to link up. Mm-hmm. And, and I didn't understand the industry and you, mm-hmm. and you would just be like, Hey man, I can't link up. I got this audition or I'm working on this. I'm working on that. And I would get upset because I'm like not Mr. Nine to five and you know, mm-hmm. six o'clock on a Thursday, like you should be able to hang out. And I'm, just, I, that's my expectation. And, right. I, and I did that for a while and I was just like, man, what is this guy all about? And everything. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it took, it took me a while to, to really figure it out and, and to connect everything. But I don't know how that fits into our friendship but i was just like bro i couldn't see it for you Mm -hmm. i really couldn't Mm -hmm. see it for you and then i think you did the gq cover before you quit bottega louis right yeah that's way before yeah and i think i think when you quit your job and we talked about it and we walked around downtown and you were telling me what it was all about and why you had to quit and why you had to go chase your dream i think that's when everything started to really make sense for me and when you talk about like friends, like how much feedback should your friends be giving you? Do you do you want me to be like, "Yo, Will, why you got your feet out on Love Is?" or you didn't mm-hmm. you didn't you didn't hit this line the way that I thought you could have hit it? Or oh man, like that other role that you were in, man, that wasn't a good role for you. Like from your friends, like how much feedback do you want them to give you, like for your craft? Well, I think I want to go back to one thing you said. You said um, I couldn't see it for you. You know, when I was doing the GQ before, because my boy Jay, he did the GQ uh, joint and the Time Magazine joint. These are all 
Explain things. It. Now you got so you got you got to unpack down. them for people. Unpack I'm on the pack them. So what I'm unpacking is okay. It's almost like a vision board, but I wasn't thinking of it as a vision board. But I put myself on a spring edition of GQ magazine, and I forget what it's like. I forget it had best newcomer or best something or conversation with Will Catlett. Man of the but year. I'm, man of the man year. of the year. Yes. It was man of the year. Exactly. <laughs> it was the man of the year. And that, I'm like, I want to, if I'm going to be on a magazine, I should definitely be on GQ magazine. If I'm going to be on GQ magazine, it should definitely be a spring edition. If it's going to be a spring edition, it should definitely be man of the year, you know? And if I'm on Time magazine, it's definitely going to be iconic. And I should be on Time magazine because I have a lot to say that will be <laughs> considered to be timeless. You know what I mean? So, so, so you had a vision and you wanted to bring it to fruition. So you hired a photographer and you got somebody to edit the photos and then put them on the Time and the GQ background, right? Was it? Did you have a vision or were you just like, I'm going to be there in the future, so I might as well get started right now and do it? No, right I actually, I actually shot the the photos because I want to do photos. Um, that were more lifestyle photos um, with this uh, incredible photographer named Courtney Beckett out of Chicago, you know, and Jay, when I brought the idea of putting me on the cover of GQ, he took the one of the pictures that he liked and put it through Photoshop and I had an actual visual to look at, you know? So it's just like, if you want that perfect body, you know what I mean? You take, you all trainers tell you will cut out the body that you want to see that you want to become and you cut that body out you constantly look at it until you can shape yourself to that body. But when you said that I couldn't see it for you, I think that's where the disconnect happens in friendships because I'm not expecting my friends to see it for me because the vision is not their vision. Yeah. You know, but I am, ex I, I want to say expecting them, but it's nice when, even though they don't see it, they can still cheer you on. Yeah, so what, coming out what, to events and yeah, like, yeah, liking yeah. a post or comment, like donating, like a post or comment. But mostly time when when a friend has an issue with me, I always try to scale it back to see what is the real issue. What are you really dealing with? Especially if I know that my heart has not changed in any way towards you. Okay. Then it might, because you know, sometimes when people, they might not say it, and I'm not saying my friends had thought this, but they might not say it. But when you're starting to rise and you're starting to climb that ladder and you're fulfilling your dreams, and if a person is really not there or persons are not fulfilling their potential, then it becomes an issue. Because when you grow up with the you grow up in the same area as someone and then they kind of feel like they're surpassing you then it makes you look at yourself and say okay what am i really doing why am i not going uh, uh hard enough towards my dreams and my goals especially if someone is making it where i'm from and we went to the same school same magnet school same whatever you know what i mean you know people think like that subconsciously you know i wanted to go back to something you said here you cut out you, you have a trainer and your trainer said to cut out pictures of the body mm -hmm. that you want and yeah. i did something and it, it comes from uh, feng shui and it's called a uh, bagua 
and mm-hmm. f- Feng Shui talks about how your house has different energies that are connected north, south, east, west, and there's something called a career corner. And I, I had seen somebody create a bagua before, uh, shout out to Maya, and she, mm-hmm. had, she had a bagua, and I said, what's a bagua for? And she's like, that's the job that I want. It's right by your door. It's usually to the left-hand side of your entrance to your door. And what I did was is I cut out pictures of Tinker Hatfield and Mark Parker and people with that were sketching shoes or a, materi- mm. a materials lab. And I had a little box. I don't know if you ever saw it in, in, my, in my place. And I had books inside the box. So the outside of the box had pictures of Portland, wallpaper, uh, uh, sorry, waterfalls that are in Portland, Nike, mm-hmm. Nike campus, things like that. So every day when I would come home and when I would leave, it would be the first thing and the last thing that I would see. Right. And it, it goes exactly to your point. And I don't, I don't know where the GQ is hanging up at, but I know you look at it every day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was hanging up in my, my former uh, apartment, you know. Um, but I've imprinted it so much into my mind at this point that I don't even need to see it. It's already there, yeah. It's our, It's already there. You know, I know I'm going to grace the cover of GQ. I know I'm going to grace the cover of Time. You know what I mean? I just feel it, and I know it because I've already seen it. That's why images are so powerful. You know what I mean? <laughs> it just, they, they, it's, it's, it's almost like you see it and you can create it. You know, everything that we walk in in this world is a projection of your imagination. You're right. Uh, Kevin Hart, uh, I saw something, I don't know if it was MTV Cribs or something. He has a picture in in the front of his home. It's mm-hmm. got Richard Pryor, Eddie Murphy, Dave Chappelle. It's got all the great black comedians. And it, and he basically said the same sort of thing that you're saying. That every day he walks in and he sees this because that's what he wants to be about. That's right. what he wants to be. So uh, we're on Stonecutters podcast. Uh, me and Will doing the FaceTime. We talking. We recording. Will, we got some questions. I wanted to ask you a couple questions. I know that's your birthday. I want to keep this short and brief. But uh, if you do mm-hmm. have if you do have questions for the Stonecutters podcast, you send those to stonecutterspodcast at gmail dot com. Once yeah, again, yeah. once again, that's stonecutterspodcast at gmail dot com. So, Will, question we got today comes from Bria. Uh, mm-hmm. First off. Thank you both for the light you share. You are both vessels for divine intention, wisdom, and purpose, and your individual and collective gifts are such a blessing. Now on to the question. What gems have both of you acquired on your journeys into manhood that would be beneficial for high school young men? And then she, mm. said, she said blessings, and then I, it looks like she's a teacher at a uh, school in Detroit, uh, Mumford High School. So shout out to Mumford High School. Shout out to Bria for sending in that question. So, Will, what have you learned on your journey in terms of manhood? Well, it's a couple things. But the first thing that runs across my mind is that we teach people how to dissect a frog before we teach them how to open up an LLC with an S-Corp and taxation. You know, I think at a, as a young man or a young woman, you need to know how to run a business, you know, and they need to teach you that um, in, in school. That's one thing I've been learning as a young man. The second thing I would say is being not losing your unique self. You know, we live in a world right now where everybody wants to be the same. You know, it's okay to be different. It's okay to not like the same things that everybody else likes. It's okay to dress different. You're not corny. 
you're not whatever, you're you. You know, one thing that I've always prayed about, and because I was such a people pleaser growing up, because everybody liked me, you know what I mean? And I and I and I and I like that feeling, you know, until it starts to bite you in the ass that your decisions no longer become your decisions because you're trying to please everybody. And one of my prayers to this day is Lord, help me make my own decisions. It's something powerful about a young man or a young woman who decides to do what they want to do because they decided. There's power in that. Versus, oh, what should I eat? Oh, no, I don't know. Maybe steak. Or what should I order? Or where should I go? What shoes should I buy? What shoes do you want to buy? Nikes. What do you want to eat? Nikes. <laughs> Nikes, definitely. <laughs> buy some Nikes and just do it for sure. You know, but those, the, those are the things I think are important. You know, learning how to run a business, not losing your uniqueness and making your own decisions. What gems have you both acquired on your journeys into manhood that would be beneficial for high school young men? So, uh, number one, reading to be to become a man, you have to be able to read and reading takes some of the it takes self-discipline beyond most anything else. So, so re- reading is, is paramount and being able to pick up books and read books because there's so much unlocked knowledge and unlocked potential in paper that's right mm-hmm. in front of most people. And they just, they look, they walk past it every day. Like most high school libraries have books on how to start your own business, on how to make decisions on your own and things like that. So reading number one, um, I don't even know how to say number two. Number two is like respect for yourself. Mm-hmm. which ultimately leads to respect for other people. So, mm-hmm. and we, we keep going back to knowing thyself. It's extremely difficult for for a high school student to know themselves. They can know themselves where they're at in the moment, but they're, they're constantly changing and evolving. Mm-hmm. Even I guess we are doing the same thing. Right. What I was, what I was trying to say is, is that you got to know yourself. You got to be able to respect yourself. And maybe mm-hmm. that goes back to what you're saying to respect yourself. You got to know that you're an individual, that you can make decisions on your own you don't always have to go with the flow and do what everybody else does. So you respect yourself, then you can respect other people. I didn't grow up with a father figure in my life, but all the men that I surrounded myself with or were in my general vicinity, they all respected the women that they were with. And my father wasn't there, hence he didn't he didn't really respect my mother, but the other men that were around, I saw that they had the utmost respect for women and yeah, as I get older, I have a daughter. I have even much more respect for women. I've seen my wife go through the childbirth process and mm-hmm. and and now I have a daughter and I think about what other men and how they're going to act around my daughter and and the 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 first thing and the only thing that I really think about is just with respect. I've been on the train going to and from work and I've seen young men disrespect women, young old black white skinny thin fat tall all all of them in between they just don't respect people mm-hmm. so so one of the things to be in a man is that you have to respect yourself and then you have to respect others mm-hmm. and i would just add um because i feel like there's someone that's going to listen to this and they and it's a and it's a young man and he's probably about the age of 15 and a half and what i would say to this young man is that it's okay to cry. They tell men that you're not supposed to cry. 
Listen, you have tear ducts so that you can use them Absolutely. to release the pain and release the anger. You know, it's okay to cry. It's okay to let it out because I would rather for you let it out on your pillow than let it out on somebody and end up locked up somewhere or becoming abusive to yourself or to others when you just need to simply cry it out. It's been times, man, when I've got cut from the basketball team and I've got laughed at and I went home and I got on that pillow and I cried, man. And I remember saying that, why me? It's not fair. You know, I never forget when the basketball coach, maybe my basketball coach, when he let me know that he was going to cut me from the team and he looked at me and he's telling me this. And you know how you know when someone pulls you out of accounting. And, you know, you just know that it's not going to go good. And he's telling me, and, man, the crocodile tear starts to roll down my face because it's just not fair. That's how I feel. I worked so hard. It's not fair. But a lot of those times when I cried and let it out publicly or in private, once I wiped my face, I was able to move on. And I started running track. Then I got put back on the basketball team. You know, and everybody's story is different, but there's men that are 40, 50 years old that have not cried, you know, so we bring in anger to the world simply because we're not having a safe place that we create for ourselves that we can simply just cry, you know, and that's important. Everybody can remember when Jordan cried when he won the first three-peat or the second three-peat when he was crying there or when LeBron won and he cried and all these famous athletes, they cry at the, at the apex when they're at the apex of success. But what you don't see is a lot of that emotion is tied up to getting swept in the finals. That emotion is getting getting tied up in all of the things that happened to you when you were at the bottom. Right. And that's the thing when Will talks about that is that like, you have to be able to show your emotions because letting them out makes you a stronger and more fuller person. Yes, I agree. All right, Will, I don't want to I don't want to hold you up. I mean, what'd you get for your birthday? Did you get a gift? I I think I saw something on Instagram. Why don't you tell the people what you got? My wife is too deep. <laughs> she she came all the way from California to visit me where I'm shooting a movie and she brings a poster of my gorgeous face from a photo shoot I shot for Blue Magazine called uh, the Color Block Series or whatever the case may be. And I, un- <laughs> I take it out of the little thing and she's like, I want your first autograph. Do you know? And I have my gold pen. I keep my gold pen with me because I only shall sign in gold, right? <laughs> <laughs> And, you know, it was just this woman, man, she just last birthday, she got me a trumpet. She didn't even know that that was the first instrument that I practiced on to learn how to play. And I want to learn how to play the trumpet. And she had got me a trumpet. And then then she tops it up with I want your autograph. Ah, man, you better get yourself a good woman that can pull things out of you that you don't know that they're there. You know, so that was my birthday present. And my sister. Our birthday's on the same day, but we're two years apart, so I got to celebrate it with my mom and my dad and my sister and my niece, you know, so that was all great, my wife. So 
um, I'm feeling good, man. And one of my prayers were that I would be shooting my first film on my birthday. And that's what I'm doing. Man, did the cast and crew of the movie, did they have like a cake for you anything? Or did you tell anybody that it was your birthday? Like, talk, talk us through that. Do you tell, I mean, other than posting the poster on Instagram, I mean, did you, are you the kind of person who's like, yeah, it's my birthday? Or you like to keep it on the sort of hush, on the, on the humble? Well, I was off that day, so I didn't work that day. But my agent sent me a, a beautiful carrot cake. Um, no, I don't, you know, that. here's the thing. I don't, it's not that I don't want to tell people that it's my birthday, but Aaron, I'm so famous, Aaron, that, (laughs) (laughs) you know, you thought Michael Jordan and and, and Michael Jackson was famous. Wait till you get a hold of me. Okay. So let so my phone blows up, you know what I mean? And it's so much love that people uh, share, you know what I mean, that I've met them or whatever the case may be, and they congratulate me, happy birthday, you know, so it's a lot to deal with because I want to respond to everyone, Okay. you know, whether it's on Instagram, whether it's through text messages, you know what I mean, I want to say thank you, thank you, thank you, because I truly appreciate it, but when I'm, the more low-key I am, the less people I got to respond back to. <laughs> So it kind of works out when I don't say anything. I wasn't even going to post anything, but the wife did the video, and then it was just perfect, and it was everything, and I had to post it, and that was great. Man. All right. Uh, I think we're going to cut this episode short. Which You, you want to leave the people with anything? I mean, Well, I, I, would, I do want to say, okay. and I want to ask you a question, because you've been killing this stone cutters, bro, <laughs> and you're having a damn blast, and I can tell. <laughs> Um, and it's going well, and it's just the beginning. Um, what I would like to say, I would like to ask. Hmm. If you can be anywhere in the world right now, Aaron, where would you be? And what is one thought you will be having? If I could be anywhere in the world, it would be on the top of Mount Everest. Mm. And what would I be thinking? Um, I really would be looking up. I would look down. I mean, it would be the nighttime. I mean, but I would sort of look down and I'd be like, wow, this is pretty high up. But then I would continue to look up and see the stars and be and, and just know that on Earth, that's as close as you can get to the stars. You can be on a plane or anything, but with your feet on the ground, that's the closest that you can be to the stars. Um, Mount Everest, I'm, I made that goal way back in 2006. Somebody had asked me, they said, Aaron, what's the wildest dream that you had? And I said, I want to climb Everest. And at first I would say, well, I just want to fly to Nepal and I want to go to base camp. Base camp is like where you start out you you go up such a high altitude when you go to Everest you have to go to base camp one to two to three then you have to go back down to two then up to three then to four then you can climb Everest so to speak I know that I'm messing up the the sequence and everything but it's really tall that's the whole point but I said I just want to go to Everest and go to base camp but as the the more and more that I think about it I would like to go to the top I know that it's becoming more of a tourist thing and everything like that but it's still it still is one of those goals I, i've reached a goal by getting to nike and 
achieved a dream and every, and now I just have this energy that anything that I speak, anything that I write down, I, I, I know with everything that's inside of me that we can make it happen and it can happen. It's, 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 I mean, you just think back to a 10 year old kid who picked up a pair of Jordans, seen his dad maybe a couple times in his life. How would that kid ever, ever grow up to be an engineer working for mm. Nike, you know, being able to have so, so much self-awareness to being able to want to his fulfillment is making another version of himself, a kid who picks up a Nike and is just enamored with it and wants to go into science and technology. You know what I'm saying? So just to be able to think that and for it to come to fruition is just like, well, anything we think of, you talk about GQ, like I already see it in my mind. You're going to be holding up the GQ that you did back in the day. And you're going to be holding it in the photo shoot of you on the cover with that on it. So it's going to be like, wait a minute, that's Will on the cover. And then that's Will on another cover of a GQ. It's, it's wild. I so. received. <laughs> see, see, I, I know how to, I know how to engage the prophetic. <laughs> you know, we were on Instagram live and somebody was like, Oh, Aaron, you, you seem like you're more the introvert and Will is the extrovert. And I'm like, man, People don't realize, and I was thinking back to times that we've hung out, and people will come up and approach you, but I think that when we hang out, I'm much more of the extrovert, and I'm more the engaging one. You're much more like the quiet, laid mm-hmm. in the cut. Like, what do you think about that? You you agree? I do. I do. <laughs> I do. I do agree. I, I You know, I, I chill a lot more than I normally would, you know, and I think it's just being married to my wife because she chills. She, she lays in a cut like a Band-Aid like I've never seen, bro. Like, she <laughs> she chills. She chills all the way out, you know. And then nowadays, it's like I was I was with one of my friends, uh, one of my childhood friends, and, you know, he hasn't experienced people coming up to me. Just you like the, the first time I experienced it, you were on Nike's campus, and we're right. walk, we're walking around like, "Oh man, where's LeBron at?" And people are like, "Hey, Will, Will!" And I'm like, "Hold up, LeBron is right over there, and y'all are yelling for Will." I'm like, "Oh wow!" Like, right in L.A., it was one thing. People would be like, "Hey, you kind of look familiar," or this or that. Mm-hmm. Or, Weren't you on YouTube? But now it's it's different. It's definitely right, different. right. So, but the thing is, I've seen I've seen people that I never want to get caught. You know, if someone's staring at you and they're like, oh, hey, nice to meet you and say, do you want a picture? You know what I mean? <laughs> because if they like, no, I don't want a picture. I'm just saying, hey, it was good to see you. <laughs> and so so I'm, I'm not this girl. Obviously, she wants a picture, but I'm not saying anything because I don't want to get caught asking her. And then she tells me no. Right. <laughs> and so everybody's boy, trying. Everybody's trying to be polite. You know what I mean? Right, they don't right. want to just ask you right away. Right. So my boy says, hey, man, do you want a picture? And she says, hey, I'm hey, young lady, do you want a picture? So she says, yeah, and I take a picture with her. And she's a fan from way back from the YouTube to whatever. You know what I mean? And we take the picture. She's so happy. And he said, man, how does that feel, man? How does that feel? And I'm looking at him because, you know, we was outside this friendship having a real powwow about our friendship and the distance of our friendship and how you may be lost in Hollywood and blah, 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 blah. You know what I'm saying? My friends, man, I love them to life, but they're crazy. And, <laughs> you know, so, uh, you know, and then he, and this happens and I'm like, yeah, man, like, it's cool. You know what I mean? But, you know, it's been happening 
since forever. You know what I mean? So it doesn't really phase me, but it's great that she got that experience. You know what I mean? So now I've become more relaxed because I'm like, okay, you know what I mean? There's someone looking at you here or there's someone they may know you or they may not know you. They may want a picture. They may not want a picture. So I just let the people ask, you know, but if you know me, you know that I'm a friendly, uh, friendly guy. <laughs> Right. But to answer your to answer your question, Aaron, yes, Aaron is very outgoing. Aaron is very hilarious, and if you meet Aaron in person, when you meet him in person, his clothing will speak louder than his voice. <laughs> so he will have on something fresh, something probably Supreme related, something colorful, there you and go. you're gonna and then you're gonna ask Aaron about what is this unique button that you have on. <laughs> And he's going to be able to break it down to you why he got it, why he put it where he put it, how he knew that you might look at it and see it, and how it would inspire you to go and write a book. That's for Aaron. Damn. There it is. There it is. There All right, is. man. Well, um, Stonecutters Podcast, uh, this one's in the books. You want to say peace? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, you know what? When you was talking about is this one in the books? I was thinking about, okay, are we doing another one tomorrow? I'm actually kind of liking this thing. Okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, say so this one. Say peace out on this episode. I'll hit stop, and then me and you can rap about how often you want it, you want to do this. Right, 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 right. Okay, right, but right. before we do that, before we do that, we get into the end here. This is like the the bonus for people that are, that have just continued to listen that they haven't, you know, pressed forward, fast forward or gone to the next one. Mm-hmm. What's have you gotten any reception? Has anybody reached out to you about the podcast? You know, just through Instagram or anything? Um, I think they will when I start posting more and I and I will do that. But um Okay. I've been getting a lot of uh DMs and people are just saying that they really enjoy it Perfect. and it's really helping them mm-hmm. and um they're excited and they thank us for sharing that's that's beautiful man like i'm really on because you know at first when we jump on and we up in the top live and all that i'm just excited because you know i like the numbers you know what i'm saying i'm like listen y'all should come see me you know what i'm saying or see my boy Aaron. but if we can reach one you know if one goes on to do what they want to do and we help inspire that and they change the world or they build that building create that uh that show uh that movie that product then we're doing what we're supposed to do damn you know and then even if it's just forget all the things that they want to do if they just want to be man they some good guys man you know and they're great men and they're they're married (sighs) i want to get married you know, I, I, you know what? I didn't want kids, but I want kids. You know what? I didn't think about I was going to get married because my parents been through divorce. But you know what? Ah, them guys are doing it, and they still having fun. I'm going to do that. Because I see this with guys, and, and, and I know we got to wrap this up, but I see this with, with guys, and I want to throw this at you. I feel like people have an idea of what marriage is, and when they get into it, they feel like all their identity is in their wife and their kids. And I can't understand that. And you've been married, and you've been married longer than I have. I, I have, I, I am it currently. <laughs> so I'll let you uh, answer that one. I think what what may be happening is is that some people, when they become the head of the household, so to speak, they become the husband. Mm-hmm. 
they they sort of lose their identity because it's it's no longer about them it's about the family and the family has to has to succeed and the family has to do this and then when you have children it's like you're almost taking a you're on the stage and when you get married your wife stands in front of you so now she's she's in front on the stage and then when you have kids your kids are basically on stage and then you sort of go to the backstage and you stand behind the curtain and you make sure the mm-hmm. lights work and everything like that but what it what it really is is that you stand in next to each other right you're on you're still on the stage and you're standing next to each other so you're still a part of of what's going on it's I, I, I think that you can still be yourself and be in a, be in a, a, a marriage and be in a family and everything like that. It's just a matter of, we, we, we keep going back to this. You have to carve out time for yourself. Mm-hmm. You have to find time for yourself to do and sort of explore things and meditate. Or even if it's every morning or every night, you just have to find time for yourself so that you don't lose yourself. Because I think what, what may be happening too is that people are just they're in the family thing so much they they go to work for their family they come home for their family they go grocery shopping for their family they they get they drive them everywhere they do this and they do that and it's like well when are you going to do something for yourself right versus just being being all family focused all the time that's the Mm -hmm. yeah you know me and my wife we have this discussion often and I love the fact that there's one person me and her although there's two you know, and soon to be three, right? Mm-hmm. So, therefore, I look at it as I'm still me and she's still her. You know what I mean? And we both have our individual lives and our individual journeys and our things that we want to go on, although we're going together. If she's hurting, I'm hurting. You know what I'm saying? But if she's shining and I'm doing what my whatever I'm doing, we're still shining because she's shining. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But I know this about when you have children, that child is going to get older and they're going to leave you. They're going to go get married. They're going to go off to school or whatever they're going to do. They're going to leave. And you know what? When they're 14, they might not even like your ass anymore. You know what I'm saying? So I'm not going to get caught up in them. You know what I'm saying? In case they turn out to not like me. You know what I mean? I'm going to tell them that you can kick rocks and go about your way because me and mom were a portal for you to get here. You know what I mean? And now that you're here and you want to be a little ass, okay, then you go ahead and you be a little ass by yourself. And we'll be waiting on you to love you when you come back, if that's the case. You know what I mean? You know, you got to live your life, man. You know, you got to live your life. You live know. your life, people. Live your life. Yeah. And I'm not prophesying that to my, my children to come. They better act right when they get here. Because <laughs> <laughs> Aaron and I know that our words are powerful, so we have to be careful. Exactly. Thoughts become things, people. Thoughts become yeah. things. Yeah, yeah. But that's that's it. This is Will Catlett. This is Aaron. This is the Stonecutters Podcast. The one and only Stonecutters that you will ever see and hear around the world. And we love you and we're out.